You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 48, When Mom Has Separation Anxiety. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello there, Mama. Welcome to the podcast. This episode is coming out the day before my daughters go off to sleepaway camp for the very first time. Actually, Marissa did go away last summer for a week-long overnight program, but it was more academic in nature. She went to classes during the day and stayed in a college dorm with one roommate. This camp that they're going to this year is a four-week sleepaway camp with all of the traditional campy activities like swimming in a lake and hiking and sleeping in a bunk with tons of other kids and a counselor and everything. So I'm super excited for them. Now, When you hear the term separation anxiety, you probably, like most people, think about kids, right? You think about a toddler clinging to his mother's leg and crying while she's trying to leave the house or leave the preschool, or you think about kids going off to camp or college for the first time and feeling really anxious about that. But I wanted to do an episode for moms with separation anxiety, for moms who become excessively anxious when separated from their kids. It's a lot more common than you might think. And so this is for you, whether your kids are going off to kindergarten, camp, or college. I want to start by sharing how the idea for this podcast came about, and then I'm going to talk about why moms experience separation anxiety and offer some new thoughts for you to think if you struggle with it. The first time I went to sleepaway camp was in 1982. I was seven years old. With tears in my eyes and butterflies in my stomach, I summoned all my courage and slowly walked down the jetway, never looking back at my parents, who watched apprehensively from the airline gate, waiting for me to glance over my shoulder for one last goodbye. Although I don't remember all the details of that plane ride, someone notified my parents that I'd gone up to the cockpit and asked the pilot to turn the plane around. Apparently, I had changed my mind about going to sleepaway camp, but it was too late. I remember feeling very homesick. I actually dug out some of the letters I wrote to my parents from that summer to share with you. My dad is a very sentimental guy, and he saved all of my letters and gave them back to me when I became an adult. It was so funny reading these letters. I'm just going to share two of them with you. The first one is dated July 20th, 1982. It's written on a strawberry shortcake American greetings card, and it says, Dear Mom and Dad, I hate to tell you this, but camp is really bad. (laughs) Probably, I underlined probably, they are going to send me home before you leave. I think they were going to visit my grandparents in New York or something. But you can just take me along or just let me stay with a friend or something because they don't like me crying all day. I'm crying right now real, real hard. But anyway, my counselors are really nice. And their names are Ellen and Roni and Sharon. How are you? What are you doing? Rest hour is from 1.30 to 2.30, and we wake up at 7.30. But not on Saturdays. We wake up at 9. 
We go to bed always at 10 o'clock, and sometimes we have socials and they are very boring. Love you always, Pamela. P.S. Write me soon and expect me there before you leave. (laughs) All right. The next one is dated August 3rd, exactly two weeks later, and it's to my grandparents. The stationery says, I love camp, printed up at the top. And I wrote, hello, everybody. How are you? Sorry, I haven't been writing. I've gotten two or three letters of yours. Only two more weeks. It's first period right now. Free swim. You don't have to swim. That is why I'm writing you this letter. I met these two nice girls named Leslie and Jennifer. They are sitting with me now. Leslie's brother's name is Mark. He's 13, but cute. There are two people in this camp that I know, Rena and Jennifer. The people in my bunk are Rena, Moira, Amy, Michelle, Michelle, Jennifer, Jennifer, Natalie, Dina, Kim, Robin, and me. Love you lots. Love, Pam. P.S. Tell my mother I want Fig Newtons. And I drew a Fig Newton with an arrow pointing to it. Please tell her to send me them soon. So obviously, by the second week, I was doing okay and making new friends and crushing on older guys named Mark. Fast forward another two weeks. After getting home from the airport, I stubbed my toe in our garage. I muttered a choice four-letter word under my breath. When I looked up, I saw both of my parents frozen in shock. Judging from the expressions on their faces, I'd guess they were thinking, what has sleepaway camp done to our baby? The next five summers, I also spent at sleepaway camps, not for four weeks, but for eight. I remember a bit of homesickness every year, but overall, I remember loving camp because of the independence that it gave me. Other than learning and using swear words, I also made friends who lived in different parts of the country and the world. I learned how to share my space with other people and share the responsibility of keeping it clean. I got to make decisions about what and how much I ate in the camp cafeteria. I learned to rely on myself more and realize that I could handle different situations, even if it meant asking someone for help. I was exposed to different games, music, activities, and customs at camp. I appreciated the letters I got from my family and friends and looked forward to mail call every day. I used rest hour to write letters home, read, listen to music on my Walkman, play cards, and sometimes even rest. I left camp every year with strong bonds of friendship and a greater sense of independence. I always wished that my daughters would go away to summer camp, and this year, when Marissa got back from her class trip to Washington, D.C., she announced that she wanted to go. I was so ecstatic. I signed up both girls right away. Then, one night before bed, I suddenly remembered the curse words, the boy crushes, the independence, and I thought, oh no, what have I done? My brain started to go into panic mode, so I quickly pulled out my Kindle version of Homesick and Happy by Dr. Michael Thompson to remind me of all the reasons I wanted to send them to camp in the first place. Reading it again definitely reassured me, yes, this is the right choice. There are so many wonderful benefits of going to camp. They will be okay. I will be okay. The part of the book that struck me most was a quote from comedian Dave Barry, who Dr. Thompson interviewed for the book. Dave said, The hardest thing about camp is coming to philosophical terms with the reality that your child is going to have a lot of fun that you cannot see, you cannot photograph, and in which you cannot share. She will rise to challenges, make mistakes, sing and laugh and cry and have a crush on someone you will never meet. 
The only way you will learn about it will be if she tells you about it, and I guarantee that she will never tell you everything you would like to know. Dr. Thompson went on to say, most important, however, she will discard some of her childhood self when she is away from you. Your child will return to you changed. Something you have cherished will be gone. She will have shed a part of her baby self like a snake sheds a skin without a thought. You can hear those words and feel a sense of loss and sadness, or you can hear them and feel enthusiastic and excited. Your thoughts about being separated from your kids, not actually being separated from them, will cause how you feel. And it's normal to feel some sadness and anxiety. Sometimes you even want to be sad and cry and feel lonely when you miss your kids, and that's totally fine. Those emotions are part of your human experience. Your primitive mama brain wants to protect and connect with your babies, so when they're not around, it will naturally freak out. Just notice when this happens without judgment and without fear. You can allow your feelings to be there and know that it's not because anything has gone wrong, but because of sentences in your mind. When you allow your feelings, you'll find that they dissipate so much more quickly than when you try to resist them or react to them. They won't hurt you. When you process your emotions all the way through, and I talk about exactly how to do that in episode 11, you're left feeling calmer and more in control of yourself because you get authority over your feelings instead of your feelings having authority over you. Episode 7, Breaking Your Worry Habit, is going to be helpful here too, so I'll link to all of these episodes in today's show notes. Once you process your emotions, you can begin to identify the thoughts causing them. In most cases, the thoughts causing separation anxiety in moms revolve around a loss of perceived control. You might think, my child will be influenced by new adults and new kids I've never met. He might be exposed to different ideas too soon or values that I disagree with. I won't be there to witness all the new experiences he's having and the things he's learning. I won't know every aspect of his life. I won't be there if something happens to him. No one else can take care of him the way I can. No one else should take care of him. I should be the one. And ultimately, there's the thought, I won't be needed anymore. Here's what I know for sure. Part of normal child development is being able to separate from primary caregivers and gain independence. From the time they're toddlers, kids strive to become independent, and that's a good thing. They're growing up, and as hard as it might be, letting go is part of your growing up process as a mom. When you let go of trying to control your kids and their experiences, you empower them to be in control of themselves, and you free yourself to focus on controlling the one person you have control over in the first place, you. As their mom, they'll always need you, not to shield them from difficult situations or help them succeed, but to be a loving, guiding adult who encourages them and supports them through life's ups and downs. While there may be a little bit of loss involved, some aspects of innocence or the routine you had, for example, focus on all that you and your child are gaining from this new chapter in your lives. Fresh experiences, new friends, more education, greater awareness of the world, social interaction, and greater self-sufficiency. 
What if you could allow yourself to feel sad and excited at the same time? What if you knew that every stage of parenthood has its growing pains and it's supposed to be hard? What if it's not true that you should be there with your kids all the time? What if instead of believing that being separated from your child would pull you apart, you believed it would bring you closer together? How would you show up differently if you believed that? Believing new thoughts is simply a choice you make. You can choose to think, there will be times when my children need to be comforted, and I'll be there to offer them that comfort. There will be times when they experience things for the first time, and I'll be there to witness it. Those will be times I remember and treasure. Good things will happen when they're with me and when they're not with me. Bad things will happen when they're with me and when they're not with me, and I will handle it all. Everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to happen. Missing your kids when they're away from you is a reminder of how deeply connected you are to them. It means you have kids worth missing. When you're not there, it's because you're not supposed to be there. Your kids are supposed to have the challenges they have, get support from their peers and adults other than you, and keep some things about their lives private from you. And you're supposed to have experiences without them, too. Don't forget that you're a woman outside of being a mom, and you can view your time away from them as an opportunity to take care of yourself and nurture yourself without guilt. Kindergarten, camp, college, they're all milestones for your child's development and for your own personal growth as well. Please share this episode with a mama who could use it. And if you're experiencing separation anxiety or mom anxiety of any kind, Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up for your free mini session with me today. Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com. <laughs>